0: Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco
1: and your host Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, how you doing, man?
0: Oh, feeling nostalgic. I got my... uh WCW Chris Jericho shirt from my interview with him probably 20 years ago, 22 years ago.
1: Were, were you still at the Nitro Grill when you got a chance to uh, interview him or no?
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, Jericho was there. We did the interview and then he came to uh, Spearmint Rhino where I was working at the time. Uh, ate my Chinese food and pulled out a lot of hair metal bands to play. Uh, I don't even know if they had their They might have just got their liquor license So the place was dead as fuck I was sitting at a table with a friend of mine eating When he showed up I was like oh Because I had mentioned it to him Hey if you're not doing nothing And he pretty much hung out for like five hours
1: Yeah Yeah. Pulling but... out
0: the skid row You
1: know what I mean <laughs> Hey shout out to skid row We saw them uh, Friday night with the Scorpions And their new lead singer is phenomenal man Yeah I don't care I'm just telling everybody,
0: everybody, everybody's got a new lead singer except foreigner. They just have five different guys and they call themselves foreigner and they charge a hundred dollars for a ticket. And there's not one guy who actually recorded anything that ever was a hit from foreigner.
1: Okay. So we went to foreigner on Saturday. (laughs) It was was Grammy's weekend. So, uh, had a friend in town who she was, uh, you know, doing the, uh, Grammy stuff. We were doing some uh, shows and, uh, You're absolutely right. It was the best foreigner cover band I've ever heard. But the last, the encore, the last three songs, Mick Jones actually did perform. And I was very surprised. So.
0: You know, I know Pilsen's the guitar player. I believe he played with Dawkins or something like that. So it ain't like they're bad musicians. It's just not Uh, the band. You know, I'd rather go see Tom Kiefer or Jeff Tate without Queens, right? Because it's Jeff Tate. Like, Great musicians are great musicians. They're going to play the song and it's going to sound just like the song. Yeah. But it's even like the Journey singer. He's really, really good. But after I saw him, it was like, man, I really miss Steve Perry more. Like, how great yeah. would it be with Steve Perry singing? Because they got Neil Sean and they got Jonathan Kane and they got the core members of Journey there. Yeah. And it's like. You know, that guy can probably hit the notes that Steve Perry can't hit anymore. I know he had his issues with his throat and stuff. And he came out with some new stuff that sounded pretty decent. But yeah. it's Steve fucking Perry. You know what I mean? It's like I saw Sammy Hagar, you know, and it was uh really, really good show. You know, it's funny. The one Van Halen, David Lee Ross song, Michael Anthony sang. And Sammy Hagar walked off the stage for the entire song and came back out with, like, the ending of it. So I don't know if it's the that David Lee Roth thing is still uh, in full effect, but as good as Sammy Hagar was, the energy was insane when they did the David when they did a Van Halen song. Yeah, a David Lee Roth Van Halen song, yeah. and I can't believe they didn't do Dreams or Love Walks In. So a little disappointing.
1: I th- you know I think you should uh, I think you should email and uh, complain like I know get, I'm telling like, you percentage back from the ticket like hey you didn't play this i want my three bucks back you know
0: dreams is like one of the best songs in van halen history i'm like and sammy hagar sang it so why wouldn't he you know he played long you know he did he he sounded good it was like i had to go look it up it's like dude's like 72 74 years old it's like damn they were rocking you know michael anthony was great and you know Bonham's on on drones. They even did a Led Zeppelin song. It was great, good stuff.
1: Yeah, that's cool though too. When you have someone like that, where you know Sammy's obviously a soul entity, kind of like Ringo does too, where they kind of have that all star band feel, and you get that little taste of you know here's a song from this guy's band. Here's a song from this guy. Nah,
0: who wants to hear Ringo sing? Get the fuck out of here. Yellow Submarine. That's the only thing you'd want Ringo to sing.
1: <laughs> hey, man. I, Octopus's Garden was pretty good.
0: You know, it, it's funny. It was uh, There was a difference. It was Sammy Hagar and the Circle. They played in LA, And it was Sammy okay. Hagar and Friends that played in Vegas. And the friend was some jazz musician from New Orleans that nobody's ever heard of. And he played, like, a song and a half with them. And it was the rest of his band that was playing in Laughlin, so it was like what friends? <laughs> Should have brought David Lee Roth out. That would have been great. Oh, Pride okay. would have went bananas. Uh,
1: which uh, which era are you? Uh, are you a David Lee Roth Van Halen guy or a, a Hagar Van Halen?
0: Ah, uh, I hated Sammy Hagar going to Van Halen because. And the sound was totally different, but I'll be the first one to say, man, Van Halen or Van Hagar, as we used to call them back in the day, they had great songs. You know, there's no denying that the legacy of Van Halen continued. You know, they made the they they quickly fixed the big mistake of Gary Sharon in the band. Kind of like when uh, Motley Crue tried to bring in that Karabi guy. Yeah. And they did that one song that uh, Motley Crue had with him that was actually pretty good. But David Lee Roth was the man, you know, and it was like Hagar replacing him. It just seemed like he was the guy always trying to weasel in somebody else's band. Because I remember uh, Journey had some issues and then Sammy Hagar played with Neil Sean. Like they were trying to do some stuff like he was going to be the new singer at Journey. It's like, motherfucker, get your own band. You were in one, you quit and started your solo career. Now you're trying to get back in already established bands. Yeah. But kudos, you know, uh, for not being the biggest Sammy Hagar fan. I was like, oh, yeah, that song I forgot. Oh, yeah. So, you know, most of the songs I knew. So he had a lot of songs. I'll give him credit. That band was great.
1: Yeah. That's good to hear. Um, And, again, this is uh, the DeFalco Files special Grammy edition.
0: That's right. uh, You know what I mean? Well, the Grammys was like, who are these people? Like, <laughs> See, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, starting to feel the age kick in.
0: I'm like, you know, I'm a DJ, and it's like, I know of John Baptiste, but album song of the year, uh, and then Silk Sonic, get out of here. It's like a 50s remake song, Leave the Door Open. Like, wow, what an original! what an original great song that is.
1: So I suppose you're not paying the... uh, I'm I'm assuming $300 a ticket for uh, Silk Sonic coming to Vegas.
0: (laughs) Not even close. Even if Bruno Mars is opening for them, I'm not going.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Trying to get
0: Duran Duran tickets. I was in line. Fucking nosebleeds were $300. It was like, what the fuck?
1: That was Disappointing because I, I I've never seen them I'd love to see them and um
0: I saw uh, them in their heyday 1984 the uh I think it was what seven in the ragged tiger or something like that yeah that was like their their first real big album when they really broke out
1: yeah yeah that and man what a you know you know that concert is just stacked because you know they got like 20 or so songs that you you hear the first few notes and you just like oh yeah yeah this is
0: good. Yeah at least yeah they they they've had so many hits it's crazy. They have a new song out it's pretty decent.
1: Yeah I haven't I haven't heard the new uh the album yet but it's surprising cuz they're putting out the the new album and uh Tears for Fears put on a new album too.
0: Yeah I checked out that because I listen on the serious uh, the one song I liked the best out of all of them was the new Def Leppard song was actually really good.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that that came out. I got to gotta catch that. Uh, one of my favorite bands to see live, Def Leppard. Man. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I finally saw them with a buddy of mine at Planet Hollywood a couple of years ago, and they were tremendous. So, yeah, they have a new song. It's called Kick. I think it's like, you know, an added track on like their, hey, buy the box set for 300 you know? Yeah
1: uh let's see uh final question on music uh when you think of uh just recently here we got uh taylor hawkins passing away with the the foo fighters um were you ever uh into uh nirvana and the foo fighters
0: never a big fan of nirvana a couple songs here and there Uh, recently I went to actually see the Foo Fighters when they played and I had posted, you know, I, I know some of their songs, a good amount, whatever, wasn't aware of Taylor Hawkins at all. And then he came out and he sang a song, the Queen song that was tremendous and Grohl played on the drums. And despite them being, I guess you could say an average band for me, you know, not the the greatest that was one of the best concerts I think I've ever been to in my entire life, you know? And it was, and it was, I guess you could say now at this point, it was surreal because at the Hager concert, all of a sudden Bonham started doing the same thing. Hey, Oh, the whole uh, queen thing that Taylor Hawkins did. And my wife's wow. like, well, what are they just copying what the food fighters did? And then it was like, literally the next day, the guy died that we were just talking about, you know what I mean? And it was like, Wow,
1: that's – it's crazy sometimes, the world. That's that's nuts. Um, you know, speaking of – and before we kind of get into uh, what's going on with FSW coming up here this week, um, you know, Taylor, Taylor Hawkins passed away at 50, um, and, you know, the, the guy has spent half his life on the road, essentially – is there any parallels that you see in what happens sometimes with rock performers and what happens sometimes with wrestlers in terms of, you know, that kind of lifestyle on the road and addictive personalities uh, and potential, you know, pain, opiates, hard drugs, liquor? Is it just kind of that... Um, that lifestyle that leads to potentially some of these premature deaths.
0: Well, I think it has to because as artists that they are, you know, it was it, there was a reason. You know, it wasn't made up in uh, 2000 BC. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You know what I mean that That kind of came with it. And in the you know in the 80s, it became really prevalent in the wrestling world. So it was pretty similar. The groupies and you know, I remember going to the Nitro Grill. not Sorry, not the Nitro Grill. After their shows at the MGM when uh, WCW came to town, there was a circle bar at the MGM. right? And I saw numerous wrestlers, you know, leaving with some young ladies. You know, probably he was walking her to the bathroom or something. You know, you don't ever want to judge anything like that. Or maybe he was joining her in the bathroom. Who knows? You know, but back in those days, that that's how it was. And we saw a lot of, The greatest of all time you know pass away you know you watch a clip of something and it's like oh shit that guy's the only one alive out of those eight you know and you got a Survivor Series match and it's like oh he's dead he's dead he's dead Mean Gene's dead it's like wow there's like nobody left and it's it's crazy because in wrestling there's far less I guess mainstream people than in the music business right where there's thousands and there's new people day by day by day by day and it was you know finally started getting tired of listening to uh you know the 80s on eight and the new wave 33 channel because you because then now they play those songs as if they were brand new and you hear them all the time so i kind of drifted and then i got to like the uh the 90s stuff that i was always a big fan of and it was like if you look a lot of those those grunge bands, Chris Cornell, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Linkin Park, you know, the list goes on and on offhand, I can't yeah, think. But it's like looking at the, the lead singer, Stone Temple Pilots. It's like some of the biggest bands in the 90s, Yeah, all the lead singers are all dead. And in most cases, it's been, you know, suicide or overdose. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like... Wow. You know, it's kind of like an old Twilight Zone episode. You know, do you sell your soul to live 30 years less, but be, you know, basically a God for 30 years, but give up 30, 40 years of your life? Like I went to that show, 27, all those people that died at 27 years old. You know, it's mind boggling everything that a guy like Jimi Hendrix had done. And he was only 27. Right. You know, and Janis Joplin. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan, but I knew my mom used to dig her, you know, and I know some of the songs, and she had a great voice, and it was like Jim Morrison. Like, man, how many records do The Doors have? And Jim Morrison died at 27. Yeah. It's iconic, yeah. some of those, the, those people. And it's like, obviously, uh, you know, everything – and in wrestling, it's the same way now with the mental health issues – Right. But obviously, you know, for people that don't have it, like like myself, you know, when you're growing up, you know, toughen up, toughen up, you know, things like that. You know, my kid goes through it. Oh, depressed. Oh, life's terrible. Man, I wish I had your life. But, you know, you, you can't tell somebody how to feel. And what do you mean you feel like that? Right. You know what I mean? Unless you're in those shoes, you have no idea, you know. Yeah the misery you're going through. It's like, I look back and be like, holy fuck. If I had $50 million and I go on tour, whenever I feel like it, I would do a Vegas residency when I felt like it. You know what I mean? It's like, to me, it's like, wow, that's the greatest thing ever. But then you watch certain things and you watch stories and, you know, I forgot what I was watching. I've been watching the Laker thing and I like it a lot, but I was watching something and I'm like, wow. Wow. It seems so easy, but then you see everything they have to go through and dealing with other people and their lives and, and and how it affects other people's lives. And it's like, yeah, you know, I guess if you're not, if, if you have to, it isn't the strongest out there and, you, and you've had, you know, tough times that no matter what you do, maybe it just doesn't seem like it's ever good enough.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see the parallels, um, and uh, I think that some people don't realize when they're getting. Oh yeah,
0: up. it was probably the dark side of the ring episodes. I was watching oh, yeah. some of that and the Kerry Von Erichs and the stuff that was going on with the Chris Benoit and and all the wrestlers, and I was just like, wow, you know, yeah. you just think, hey, you know, you. Yeah you just show up and you make a ton of money wrestling for WWF and and everything's fucking great. And it seems like, you know, nowadays it's so much better because there's so few shows, you know, they're not on the road all the time unless they're doing a European tour. So they get to spend a lot of time at home, a lot of time with the family, you know, guaranteed contracts means I don't have to show up fucked up and have to wrestle. And hope I don't get hurt any worse because I got to put food on the table. So,
1: Yeah, and it's coming from that mentality, like you mentioned, of the uh, kind of that suck it up. It's not just mentally, but physically, too. So it's, you know, in in some ways, it's very good to see the the idea of uh, you don't have to try to, quote unquote, keep your spot as you you know, had to do back in in the territory days and in the eighties, uh, and in the nineties, a little bit. Um, it's just really nice to see that there's an understanding now and an act of trying to, uh, prevent other things from happening, uh, to, you know, some of these guys, um, Scott Hall, I think WWE helped him, uh, it was what about five times or so when he went into uh, rehab and you would have never seen that, you know, 30 years ago where it was like, yeah, you haven't worked w- with us for years, but we'll pay for your rehab. And that's amazing. Yeah. Even,
0: even Moxley when he was working in AEW after he left. So, yeah, you know, there's so many things WWE you got to give credit to and some things, you know, what you see is what you see. You know, you talk about WrestleMania, because I know we'll talk a little bit about that. You know, maybe we we'll transition to a little wrestling, yeah. and you know. But I sat and I actually watched the, the Hall of Fame, and it's like, I don't care how good AEW does, WWE is just at a different level. Now, if you want to watch pure wrestling and cool stuff, yeah, AEW, Ring of Honor, things like that, awesome. But just the whole presentation of everything WWE-wise is just, you know, again, at another level. That's It's a, a billion-dollar company for a reason, you know, and they're not selling it on, you know, the wrestling anymore. It's the entertainment. i never seen more people be going crazy over fucking Johnny Knoxville, you know. I watched the match. It was entertaining and everything. Oh, the greatest comedy match of all times and i was like okay if you say so you know but it's like those guys are national treasures you know we man came out what what a fucking pop he got my only concern was where's fucking steve-o like they would have went nuts if steve-o got involved
1: i think you know and that's that's a good question i i worked with steve-o i know that he uh you know, he has a lot of different uh, commitments, things in his, you know, in, in the, the tank. Uh, but you always wonder, too, with him, it's always kind of the question of what is he going to be around sobriety-wise? Because it's been a struggle for him for years. But um, that match, what I loved was the absolute fact that Sami Zayn proves why he's one of the best wrestlers in the business? We it's, man body slammed him. <laughs>
0: you know, yeah that that doesn't impress me as much. But the fact of the matter is, who would ever thought that when you when you saw, hey, the WWE just signed El Generico. It's just like, yeah, wow, that's gonna be great. Right? The guy, that guy never talks. Who fucking knows? You know what I mean? It's like that that'll be he'll be in one year and gone the other, and it's like. And, you know, he must be extremely well-liked because he's had some issues where he left and he didn't want to go to Saudi Arabia and he's got the – or they didn't really – they didn't want him in Saudi Arabia or whatever the deal was in that situation. But every time he's left and he's come back, he's always been put in a good position. You know what I mean? And, and, And you need that kind of pest. To me, he's like a pest. You know, Sami Zayn's a pest who happens to be a very, very good wrestler. You know what yeah. I mean? Not that Ricky Tenacious is as good as Sami Zayn, but like Ricky Tenacious is that pest, yep. you know? He annoys the shit out of you, but you kind of don't mind him being there. Like, oh, okay, cool. Ricky Tenacious on the show, but he's a douchebag. I hate him. Fuck this motherfucker.
1: <laughs> no, that's a, that's a fair comparison. I think that, uh, you know, over the years uh, – You find those, like, for a while, that was Miz's role, right? He was kind of like the loudmouth, you know, just kind of always just getting in there and just kind of disrupting and and being a disturbance and and being a bit of a pest. But Sammy's got it down pat. Um, The other celebrity who I thought did extremely well was Logan Paul.
0: Without a doubt, you know what I mean? But those guys... You know, they're YouTube performers. They're boxing, you know, without really knowing anything. And then you hear about it. Like, he has, you know, a sports background. Yeah. So, but he also knows how to instigate, draw heat. I just read something today about how in his contract he negotiated a baby face turn. And it was like, that was the worst thing ever. It was like, first off, they cheered the Miz because they hate Logan Paul worse than they hate the Miz. And it was like, they were successful enough to where, you know what? I'd like to see them tag here and there a little bit. And and he was entertaining. And then maybe Logan Paul turns on the Miz and then Jake Paul comes in. You know, like I'm always thinking of everything I want to see. I wanted to see Bam Margera jump the rail and beat the fuck out of Johnny Knoxville. Like that would have been Fantastic. I know it can never happen because of the lawsuits and, and everything, but just like I wanted to see three masked guys jump the rail and beat the fuck out of Cody Rhodes and it'd be the young bucks and Kenny Omega. That's how I would have booked it. And that would have been the ultimate where Tony Khan, that would have been the ultimate invasion. Yeah. But, you know, even though I like to think we live in the matrix a lot, <laughs> you know, the matrix hasn't allowed that to happen, but if I was Tony Khan and Vince McMahon together and I was in one mind, I, that's what I would have did.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love that idea of just, you know, being able, A, you know, as a promoter, you know, to, to still be able to go, you know, hey, I like this idea. Boy, I'd love to see that with the bigger product. Uh, when the uh, WWE had uh, this Almost, uh, you know, kind of like he loses on in in WrestleMania, and then the next night, now MVP turns on Bobby Lashley so Bobby can be the face. Is that going to help almost at all? Does do you just not see the ability there, or what do you think of you know this idea of at least giving him a mouthpiece like that?
0: Okay, first off, on my radio show, I made the prediction. The lock of the century, if you go to bet online, Bobby Lashley was a plus 145 against almost And I actually tried to plug in my American Express card number that gets me on there because I had no more money in there. Bad beats, of course. And it was like I was going to bet whatever, you know, 100 bucks at least. Like, there's no way Lashley is coming back at WrestleMania and lose and yeah. that's the only way they could follow it up if they still felt that almost can still be something. Right. I personally thought, okay, it ain't working. Let Bobby Lashley fucking smash him and beat him in 30 seconds. Well, they let almost come out as this big monster guy. And he is this big dude, but, you know, he's not ready yet. So having yeah. MVP. And having Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander there, you know, maybe those guys are the ones who initially get something, you know. Now the tag team has almost as the bodyguard similar similar to when Alex Wright became Berlin and he still wasn't good enough to win as Berlin that he had the wall. And yeah. he got a lot of wins because of the wall. You know, there was some guy – I don't ever ever know what happened to him. His name was Diesel. And he did that for uh, Shawn Michaels. You know, he was some, like, character from The Wizard of Oz. And now, all of a sudden, he was this big dude. And that's how you bring a guy along. And, again, Kevin Nash was never the, I'll tell you himself, he ain't no fucking Matt technician. He's a big motherfucker, and he hits you with that release power bomb and it was all over you know you can bring almost around that way i i, I just think he's clunky and awkward it was kind of like when i watched corbin against drew mcintyre i just i i could not stand that match it's like drew needed that much time to beat that bum and it's like yeah i know nobody's kicked out his finishing moves great corbin and everything but it's everything else about him and if you watch the way he took the bumps from drew like they weren't clean like it didn't make drew look good you know what yeah. i mean and it was like ah eh, you know i i just i didn't dig it and you know there's certain guys like a corbin that obviously is well liked because he's always getting a different opportunity to succeed even after failure while a lot of times you see guys fail and you never seen them again right. like i always remember back in the day i always used to think of albert you know he was with Test, and then he was this, and then he was Tensei. and he was, and it was like this guy got like five or six chances to get over and never did, while Wade Barrett got over and like eh, we're gonna change it up. Oh he got over again. We're gonna change it up. Oh now he's bad news Barrett. Now he's fire. Oh we're gonna do we're gonna change that up, and it's like, you would think that somebody didn't like him, but now he's the commentator for him, so it's like, here's a guy six five. Great accent, great build. The crowd's digging him with the Bad News Barrett stuff. You know, same thing when he was being built up in the Nexus. Instead, yeah. they have John Cena beat him and four other guys and just bury what he was, yeah. you know. And, you know, it's kind of disappointing. You know, overall, two nights of WrestleMania, there was too many Raw matches that wouldn't even a main event did main event. That, that are on there. You know, it used to be something special to be on WrestleMania. Now it's just another show that's three times as long.
1: Um, with, you know, the like you said, the production value that, you know, I think that that's something that is definitely uh, a hallmark of what they're able to do in terms of WrestleMania. Um, with the matches... Was Charlotte Ronda the best match of the night or the, the two days? Uh, I've never heard anybody else say that
0: but you. That was one of the few matches I didn't see. I thought with the atmosphere and the way everything was, I really enjoyed. And I, I'd be the person that I admitted I could care less that Cody Rhodes came in. But, man, he got that AJ Styles Royal Rumble pop when he came back. And everybody knew he was coming back. and But, you know, there was always that little slimmer. You know, you never saw any any spoilers earlier in the day. Oh, Cody Rose, he was seen at the right. hotel. He got off the plane, you know. But match was excellent. And, again, it's also easy to have a great match when you have 50 false finishes instead of five. So it's like, oh, oh. You know, after a while, it's like, Oh, okay. well, you know, maybe three less minutes would have been okay, you know, and Lesnar and Reigns. We've seen it before. Was it good? Of course. Reigns is Reigns is the best right now. You know what I mean? And it's like he's really, you know, taken that, that character. And, you know, again, out of respect, you're starting to see it now where his lead, he's getting this legion of fans back to where they're digging what Roman Reigns is doing. You know, how could you not? And Lesnar, man, I've never seen him with so much of smiles on his face. Like, you would think if you walked up to him, you know, at the bar after the show, he wouldn't punch you in the face. You right. know, he probably would, but he actually makes it seem like he's approachable these days.
1: Right. Yeah, he seems like the guy you want to have a beer with at the bar now, you know that uh, it's 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 a great you know to, to to be the Canadian cowboy essentially. It's all right. Um, do and by think- the
0: way, Scott Steiner's speech was fucking horrendous. By the way, <laughs> like you had four minutes, as Rick said, you took three of them. And you told that Randy Macho Man Savage story about the fucking cows, like what the fuck? Like I love me my Scott Steiner, what the fuck crazy speeches, but that was just terrible.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, you know, I. It's always, uh, it's always. It was something. worse
0: than Vince McMahon's stunner. You know what I'm saying? Oh. Oh. But you know what Vince couldn't take that 25 years ago, so it's kind of kind of funny.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, what's even more hysterical was <laughs> the way he was laying in the the clotheslines, where, <laughs> where it was like slow motion, <laughs> and and give it to Pat McAfee for selling the shit. Oh my God, he had
0: to sell that shit like he never even got a comeback. He just got beat up. It was just like oh. But Austin Theory sold that stunner better than The Rock did back in the day. You know.
1: Dude, Austin Theory is, you know, I think I see, I think I see Sefa, Austin Theory, so uh, uh, Braun, and Gable uh, Stevenson. That's your new four guys that are going to be your future. War Horseman, brother. Dude, I, I I I'm excited when I think of those guys. So um it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh final question on matches. Um I know you No, have- we're not
0: done because we gotta oh. still talk about Ring of Honor. We're two oh, FSW we
1: champions. We will, we will. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I just want to talk about the WrestleMania of the show. itself. Oh. One last question. The AJ Styles Edge match. Did you feel that that match was, as you said, kind of uh, a raw match or was it uh, a feel? Because it was two guys that I was really looking forward to seeing go at it. And it seemed like the crowd was into it. But at the same time, it feels like there was something that was just kind of missing.
0: Sometimes you try too hard. I think they try too hard to steal the show. And, and then the ending was flat. Like, oh, okay, he's looking at him. Spear, yeah, okay. It's wrestling. We got to believe that finally puts AJ Styles away. Yet Edge is able to kick out of three fucking Styles class. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Like, that's suspending belief. I, I didn't at that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the aftermath, that's cool. If Edge has a stable of some of the younger guys, which limits his work but it still puts him on TV all the time because the man can talk. You yeah. know, the man can still wrestle. But at his age you don't want him wrestling on every show. So, yeah. being there, kind of like MVP. He can still work, but he yeah. adapted into the role that he was in and when they made uh, Shelton and Cedric a good tag team, there was a lot of work for MVP. He was kind of like Braxton in the faction. You know what I mean? He yeah, you know, he did a lot on the outside, but when you needed the six-man tag, you know, Braxton was the guy in there. He was still yeah. capable, but his job was to make sure Fresco and Watson and now Ice were protected. So yeah. you know, now does Lashley go beat up MVP? Like, big deal. He should. That guy's the manager, yeah. you know where does Lashley go continuing the feud with almost it's just like
1: uh dreadful yeah and we'll probably see that that will be the Wrestlemania backlash you know match between those two most likely and final final question uh Steve Austin Kevin Owens is there anyone better than Kevin Owens for something like that because it was fantastic for what it was You
0: know, obviously, like, he's a guy everybody expected to jump ship to AEW. Because if you look at Kevin Owens, he's probably not the guy high on Vince McMahon's radar. And obviously, the few years that he's been there, you know, I was going to say three. It's probably closer to five he's been there now, you know, because time flies these days. But obviously, Vince took a making sure that he spoke to Kevin Owens' specifically about the contract negotiations. And if somebody like a Vince McMahon says, I want you here, I'm pretty sure you know you're going to get taken care of. Yeah. So in that situation, you're getting taken care of. You're making a lot of money. You are still on the biggest platform in professional wrestling. I guess you got to take it, you know, yeah. because we, we've seen, look at the guys who've gone to AEW. You know, the big show, Big Splash, he, ha- he has to beg for a match in his hometown on AEW Dark. You know, Christian, He he's basically become a manager for the uh, Jurassic Express. Adam yeah. Cole, who? You know what I mean? It was like they gave him a title shot way too quick, and it's like, you know, there's just too many guys, you know? Yeah. Obviously, Moxley and Jericho and, and Danielson, Jay Lethal. Thank God he shows up on Ring of Honor. You know, they put him in, like, two high-profile matches, made him lose right back down the card. So as great as Kevin Owens is and as tight as he is with the Young Bucks, you know, where do you go? He feuds with Moxley. Moxley beats him, and now he's back on AEW Dark. While in WWE, he knows his place. He knows for a fact that he is going to be sniffing around the main event and working the best guys in the world. And making millions of dollars to do it, so yeah. you know.
1: Well, that's a that's a good transition into uh, the new Tony Khan version of ROH, uh, being that it's his first uh, show as owner and apparently Booker as well. Uh, so hey,
0: why wouldn't you? I would book it. Yeah. I'd love to book that. There's so much talent that you can use there. You know. Any idiot can book that show. My kid could book that show. I'm not saying he's an idiot. I'm just saying. But, it, you know, it was ready-made. You know, you're using yeah. the stuff. You know, we knew Toa was gone, but we didn't know anything. My, You know, I was sitting at home on the computer, and all of a sudden Joey sends me a screenshot, and I'm like, holy fuck, it's Toa. And then all of a sudden, it's Cage. And it's like, you know, obviously Tully Blanchard, big fan of FSW, scooping up two of our former champs like
1: that. Yeah, no kidding, right? Man. Tully's got his finger on the pulse, you know. Uh, I, I'm sure – Scott uh, Hosey must have told me yeah. about us, yes.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was going to say, it's got to be Scott Hosey's uh, influence. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it seems like this is going to – knock on wood, this is going to be – a pretty cool opportunity for guys like that who really shouldn't be lost in the AEW shuffle, but are going to get this opportunity. I'm very interested to see Wednesday uh, what they do in terms of uh, Samoa Joe. Going, he's going to be there uh, at Dynamite. I personally would love to just see him as the like the the shining star of ROH kind of build that, you know, a little bit around him. Um, but you got uh, Gresham, uh, I believe, won the uh, the championship. It was Gresham. Versus yeah,
0: he was last time going to win it when he wrestled Bandito, but Bandito caught COVID and couldn't make the show. So.
1: Right. He held so, on to
0: it. Or they told him the, you know. To me, it almost seems like, hey, let's set this up for down the line. But Gresham, you know, just from what I was reading and things earlier, I pretty was sure he was going to be part of anything that Ring of Honor did. And, you know, it's interesting because if you look at up and down the card, the red Titus is the, the the really homegrown Ring of Honor guys, they all lost yeah. and... You know the AEW, the the ROH guys who succeeded, they were the ones that were also AEW guys, and yeah. it seems like it's really going to be out with the old and with the new, using the crew. You know, obviously uh, Toa and 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 Brian Cage, they didn't bring them in there for a one-off on Ring of Honor. So right. the question becomes again, when they're going to do a show? hopefully not on AEW weekend when we're running, that would be kind of irritating, but, you know, we'll see, but, you know, they, they got the core talent of the ring of honor fans, you know, that's the AEW fans. They, they kind of drifted over. Well now they can drift back and still see the young bucks show up with the briscoes, you know, that hasn't been done in, You know, I know it has to have been done in Ring of Honor because they were there for so long, but it would be fresh to me because it's been so
1: long. Yeah, and it's also interesting, too, that I I don't know what Ring of Honor's um, television status is. We haven't really heard anything about that, Um, but it makes it interesting on the fact that, like, the Briscoes, well... It seems as if someone in Turner put a kibosh on the Briscoes in AEW itself, but now that he owns AEW, he can use those guys in ROH. Yeah.
0: I also read that uh, Impact was looking to bring them in as regulars. So it's going to be interesting to see. And, again, it depends on the contracts. You know, with Impact, they got working relationships with a lot of people. You know, I can see the Briscoes going to wrestle in Japan too. You know, yeah. they're they're commanding big dollars. You know, I talked to them and okay. I was just like, oh, shit, really?" <laughs> and it's like, man, out of my price range.
1: Is is Daddy Briscoe still? Uh, is is their dad still kind of their uh, go to for managing them? Essentially,
0: not that I'm aware of. I know uh, I talked to. Uh, I'm not even sure. I think it was Jay. That I hit up through Kenny. Because I had his number from years ago when we talked. And I remember we were at the old Boulder Highway School. And I thought they threw out a crazy number like 500 each or something. And it was like, boy, I'd eat that up right now. I signed him like 12, 12 shows a year. Now I might not be able to get him for one.
1: Oh man, it's it, but that goes it's amazing to show how their persistency in that brand and product literally brought them from that number those years ago to where they are now. And that goes to show. And I think you know, Jay Lethal, like you were saying, is is the other guy between the Briscoe's and Jay Lethal. I think that's a great foundation if you bring in some mojo. You could have uh, Danielson show up and wrestle some matches on ROH, you know, using that thought of the lineage to kind of keep people engaged.
0: Well, you know, it it was when WWE bought WCW, they really missed the boat on it. Even though they didn't have the TV deal with Turner, I'm pretty sure they could have got a deal on USA or whatever and made it like its own entity and have that. So then when you did have Clash of Champions, you know, now it was fucking, you know, Stone Cold against Goldberg. You know, yeah. now when you want to unify the title at WrestleMania, hey, that's a big fucking deal. But instead, yeah. you know, they, they they basically raped and pillaged and just picked out the scrapes of WCW and never really let it have a chance to succeed, you know. If you look at that WCW crew, you know, Eddie Guerrero and Ben Juan, all those guys came over earlier with the Filthy Animals, with Saturn and stuff. But DDP didn't come in for a while, and he did as the Undertaker's wife, Stalker. And Booker T was the only one who came in right off the bat and got put into a good position, but he lost. And Scott Steiner finally came in and he lost and chronic came in and they got fired, you know, which is crazy because the undertaker talks about his boy, Brian Clark. I heard he put the kibosh on chronic because for whatever reason, like I I thought they were pretty decent tag team. I was, you know, uh, crash and, and Adam bomb. Like they were comparable workers. They were over in WCW. Don't know what happened. And, But everybody they brought in was after the fact, you know, because of the buyouts and, and all the other stuff. They weren't put in a great position because, you know, unfortunately they're not going to pay Disco three quarters of a million a year that he might've been able to get from WCW. You know what I mean? And right. it's like,
1: yeah.
0: oh, whatever it was, you know, those guys were getting good guaranteed contracts. Yeah. So they all took the buyout and got their money to to sit at home. They're wrestlers who take poundings day by day by day. Hey, do you want 400000 to sit home? Or do you want 400000 to go on the road 300 days a year? Yeah. You know, when you're 37, 38, 39, DDP, 48, you know, Sting. You know, they could have Sting and Undertaker at WrestleMania the next year. And, you know, that money you would have paid Sting to stick around instead of the buyouts and stuff, you, you would have got your money back right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's It was an interesting uh, time, <laughs> and it's going to be interesting to see what Tony Khan does with ROH. Um, and already,
0: though, seems like it's a different company yeah. that Tony Khan owns. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's probably nowhere near reality, but it's the perception – And Undertaker stole my line. Perception is reality. But I'm pretty sure other people have had that line before me. And the perception is Tony Khan's the new kid on the block. You know, here's a guy. uh, He bought Ring of Honor. When he says he's going to keep it a separate separate entity, oh, I believe it. When Vince McMahon says I'm going to keep it a separate entity, his track (laughs) record says bull fucking shit. (laughs) You know, you will you never want to let that guy get over yeah. that you didn't create, which was interesting to me because Cody Rhodes comes back and gets put over one of their main guys. Yeah. If Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns, I can't believe in Vince McMahon's mind. He isn't saying, well, that just shows AEW's is bigger than. WWE, because their mid-card champion is now our world champion and beat the guy who nobody else on our roster could beat in three years. You know what I mean? Like, it's wrestling. Anybody could win. Seth Rollins could have won. It wouldn't have hurt Cody Rhodes the next day. Cody Rhodes won. It didn't hurt Seth Rollins the next day. When you're built up as a superstar, you're a superstar. That's why I always hated with the John Cena thing. Like, make a fucking new star. Miss rose the ranks, squashed big WrestleMania match. Next day on Raw, I remember they had like a tournament because I think Punk left or whatever it was. Boom, loses again. Now it takes him another year to regain because I'm the Miz and blah blah blah, and people were starting to dig the Miz. Even yeah. I was. I hated the Miz, became a big fan, and then when he won. The championship, you could have pulled that trigger a year ago. Yeah. You know, at least in my opinion. He was ready. But instead now, because it's happened to plenty of other guys that just didn't have what it takes to climb back to that top and then go over the top. So that's why Miz deserves a lot of credit, even though sometimes, you know, it's rehashing a lot of things that he's done, you know. And that's what happens when you're in the same company for – like, shit, Miz has been there for, like, 15 years now. It's like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. I think the, the top two guys that I think of in that boat is Miz and uh, Dolph. You know, Dolph's been one of those guys who shows that uh, no matter what you ask him to do, he does it, and he always fucking delivers.
0: Unless Miz is making a movie, he was there. Dolph was in and out. You didn't see him for six months, nine months, comes back, disappears again. So it's almost like leaving to go to another territory. You know, Miz, you know, when he was making that blockbuster with the Marine 11, you know what I mean? Uh, You know, he had to take some time off, obviously.
1: Uh, Speaking of, uh, you know, offshoots of WrestleMania, um did you get a chance to uh see or uh you know I'm sure you read about uh, some of the happenings with the collective down there with GCW and some of the uh the Vegas uh crew uh, what are your thoughts on how that uh the weekend worked for uh, a lot of guys who came to uh, Dallas from Vegas
0: well, it was good to see a lot of our guys got work. Uh, I know uh, Damian Drake, Matt Vandegrift, Jay Badal. You know, they were all on the uh, L.A. Fights gimmick uh, against JCW. Uh, Jordan Cruz got on there, was in part of that match. So it was good to see a lot of familiar faces. You know, again, the problem is there's was 89 shows so when there's 89 shows you know i saw a funny bone post some stuff that he was uh, involved with you know getting carved up on his back and you know my good buddies at no peace who still haven't paid for the venue when they used it on our show but yeah it is what it is i thought they were out of business people had said so i guess they made a uh, huge comeback but well, it's, it it's always great to see you know but the problem is with all those shows You do see a lot of empty seats at a lot of them. Yeah. And is it worth losing the money you're going to lose? Did you get that value back? I'm not too sure. Uh, You know, GCW, obviously, they're they're the kings right now. You know what I mean? No matter what they do, you know, they had more people at Joey Janela's 11.59 p.m. show Than most places had at their eight o'clock primetime show. So, you know, and I'll be honest with you. I looked around. I did not see a lot of pictures. That worries me because if you don't see a lot of pictures, that means the crowds weren't that great. If you're not taking a picture of the events, that's my philosophy on that situation. If I have a packed house, I want the world to know. And it's like, oh, look what we did at WrestleMania weekend because it's supposed to be the biggest weekend of the year. Like, I didn't even see stuff for, like, WrestleCon and, you know, Impact or or, or, or any of those, New Japan. Like, I know Joey watched it, and, um, you know, he had said uh, that he didn't see that many people at the New Japan show. So I don't know, wow. you know. But, again, I did not see a picture from Blood Sport. Other than, you know, Royce Isaacs and Tito posting a picture, but it wasn't like a picture of the crowd. It was a picture of them in the ring. So, you know, hopefully uh, all the wrestlers got what they wanted out of it. You know, I was talking with Callahan about it and he just felt the same way I did that. Especially with 89 shows, it's not as special. Everybody goes down there and now people just get thrown on a show. It's kind of like at the CAC you know you used to you used to mean something to be able to be put in the battle royal and it's like oh you're a worker oh okay you know you used to have to like show up and wrestle in front of Les thatcher and know what the fuck you were doing you know
1: yeah i found that out i was offered uh (laughs) someone heard oh you trained do you want to be in the battle royal like nah, i guess that's cool um so, focusing in on uh, this week, we have uh, Future Shot coming up here on Saturday. Um, it's uh, 5 p.m. start time. Uh, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Sorry about that. Um, what have we got uh, going on with uh, that show in terms of, I know, Jay Vidal's on it. Uh, what have you uh, announced so far, and is the card set?
0: Uh, We're still putting it together because uh, Joey and Remy are going to be a little bit more involved. But probably we're going to post some matches today or tomorrow. So, uh, Steven Tresario is going to be there. He's going to wrestle the returning, exciting Evan Daniels, brother.
1: He is finally coming back, huh?
0: He is finally coming back. Remy put the call in. You know, Remy said, I want to see Evan Daniels back, I said. That's fine with me. Uh, Ricky Tenacious, he's going to be wrestling a kid from Arizona that we feel could be a major player soon, uh, Grizz Brody. So yeah. he's going to get a little – we're going to give the uh, the upstart a one-on-one match and, and see, you know, what goes on there. Jay Vidal, he's going to defend the No Limits title. We have a couple of guys in mind for that. Uh, Viva Van Returns. Uh, she's made a major commitment to be part of FSW and, you know, we want her there. So uh, she's going to actually be wrestling uh, one of our younger talents who is making her debut. Uh, her name's Camilla, but I don't know what her wrestling name is. You know, she came to us from Florida. She trained a little at the 3d Academy and uh, t- took some time off, came back here, took some more time off, but she's been back. And we feel uh, the time is right to give her an opportunity, you know, in in that situation. Uh, The Suavecitos will be back together. Uh, A guy that we saw, he's got his tag team partner, uh, Serza, uh, who tag teamed at our last event in a Uh, six-man. People seem to be very high on. He will be there also. Uh, So, you know, as I said, you know, still trying to – you know, fill things up. Uh, Oliver canaday who made his debut against Sin Bodhi uh, last Future Shock and who also brought with him probably half the crowd, uh, definitely have found a spot for him, you know, on that show. So, you know, just, just stay tuned to the Facebook. Hopefully by tomorrow or later tonight, you know, we're going to have, uh, you know, some information regarding – you know, the matches, as, as usual. Tickets are only $20 for front row on that one. So, and uh, I believe 15 for general admission. So,
1: and you know, if, take advantage
0: yeah. of it. See some great younger talent.
1: Yeah, and if you uh, are not in the Vegas area, um, remember FSW Network, six ninety nine a month. And you get Future Shock. You get high octanes. You get all the back catalog. Uh, it's a great value for that price. Let me ask you... Um, just saw a post yesterday from Eli Everfly, and it looks like he's taking a little time off. Uh, Does that – because he's the number one contender for Jay's belt, right?
0: Uh, Yes, he is by uh, winning a four-way match uh, a couple weeks ago. And I haven't had a chance to speak to him. I know he said uh, later in the summer – So I'm assuming his commitments for the next couple months, but I am interested in seeing, because he said, you know, he had some issues, you know, following, you know, his injuries where he's still pretty banged up. And it's like, well, I don't want him to risk something that if you're still banged up and in June, you're not going to wrestle anymore for a while. Well, why are you wrestling in May? You, You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, I know Jay Vidal wants to wrestle an Eli Everfly who's at 100%. So, you know, we're going to see, you know, generally we're trying to set some things up for the anniversary show, but because of GCW with us and AEW weekend, you know, that's the type of match those fans would love to see once again, Jay Vidal and Eli Everfly. So the idea was not to really do it at the anniversary show, but to do it at one of our shows that weekend. So, like I said, I still haven't had the opportunity uh, to speak with him. It. it was WrestleMania weekend. Everybody was doing shit. So it was like yeah. I kind of try to stay off and 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 hit people up about things, you know?
1: Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it was surprising to read just in, in what you said, the fact that um, he still has some nagging stuff going on. And, um, you know, and that was my first time. So shit, there's number one contender. Fuck. But at the same time, um, I mean, we, we know how important it is for the guys to, like you said, not further, uh, you know, make the injury worse or, or put themselves, uh, out for longer because they worked on, you know, a bum knee or something like that, uh, Final thoughts, Joe. As we're uh, kind of getting close to the end here, uh, any other uh, news coming up on uh, the Memorial Day weekend in the collective?
0: Yeah, we're just trying to make sure we line up the. Again, GCW was so busy, so it was basically taking the week off from that. You know, uh, I can confirm Davy Richards will be trying to be on at least every single show possible because I guess he got uh, beat out by Tony Deppen, that he worked on eight shows, uh, Davy Richards, this past uh, weekend. And Deppin, I guess, worked nine. So uh, Davy literally sent a group message to us, GCW, uh, Black Label Pro, and Sammy saying, hey, guys, I want to work, you know, all your shows let me know. And it's like, well, I know I'm having you booked and I know, uh, you know, he could be working revolver or the other one, you know what I mean? So. Yeah.
1: yeah that's pretty, that's pretty amazing too. Uh, do you, you know, when you think of guys in, in the industry, guys, you've come across guys, you know, that, that, uh, you've used, uh, from the outside or have developed in FSW Is there anyone uh, that comes to mind who's kind of in that same boat of of a Davy Richards who you can tell that it's just like, hey, put me on. I want to work. I want to do this. I want to do that because he loves what he does.
0: It's funny because obviously uh, a few years ago, I guess five years ago, he left a very bad taste in my mouth. You know, uh, at the time he was married to Angelina Love, booked him a flight. He was coming out. We had a seminar set. Uh, it was it was actually before the first Mecca because it was called When Stars Collide. So that shows you that it was really Mecca 1. And wow. we had him set up to wrestle Sam Callahan. And he was messaging me, man, I'm so excited. I'm coming to Vegas, blah, blah, blah. My wife. And I'm like, he's like, oh, can you do me a favor? You know, can you book her flight? You know, and I'm like, yeah, I'll book the flight. I had her sign it, doing a signing with Scott Hosey. So Scott was going to pay me. So all was good. You know, I was going to cover the cost. No problem. And then uh, like three or four days beforehand. Oh, hey, bro, I got to get back the next day. Blah, 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 blah. Can you do me a favor? There's a flight on Spirit. And it wasn't that much money. It was probably 70 bucks or whatever. So I ended up changing his flight. And then, two days before, it was like, oh, I got food poisoning. I can't come. And I'm like, what the fuck? And, of course, it was Ring of Honor weekend. And I was in the uh, backstage talking to Kenny. And I'm like, yeah, fucking uh, Davey canceled. And pretty much, like, everybody in the fucking locker room was giggling. Hey, that's Davy for you. <laughs> and it's like, motherfucker. You know? And then, uh, I guess six eight months ago guy hit me up he's like oh what about davy richards i'm like yeah that'll never happen and that was about all i said you know and then literally a week later i got a message from davy richards hey bro i know i missed the show that you had me booked on blah, blah, blah 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 if i get if i if i fly myself in you know would there be any chance you would use me oh sure You know, he gave me a deal. We did a seminar. So we brought him in. He was a fucking pleasure to be around and work with and talk with people. He worked two matches. Didn't say, like, oh, you want me to work a four-way elimination where I'm down to the final two? I need a few hundred more. You know what I mean? And he was like, he was cool with everything. He worked a great match with uh, Jacob Austin Young. Probably my favorite match so far we've had this year. Yep. And, you know, now he's coming back. You know, he got snowed in at the Mecca, uh, as did other people, you know, and he kept it updated and things like that. He never made, you know, he had some good bookings. You know, he was going to wrestle the wrestle show where uh, Cross and Scarlett were going through Kevin Matthews from Impact at the time. Uh, right. They had a big event in Jersey, and yeah. he had to cancel that whole weekend, as did Sam Adonis, couldn't make the flight. So it wasn't like, oh, the bullshit. So, and he stayed in touch and he's wanting to work. So it's like, you know what? I'll use Davy Richards as often as I can get him out here.
1: Yeah, he's just, what a pleasure of, you know, of a guy. Um, And I think that the maturity level shows now where he's now, you know, a leader. He's hungry. He's got a lot of good knowledge. And I think, uh, you know, he's he's a guy that you can't sleep on, uh, especially if, you know you want to show some of the younger guys this is how it's done um uh, just just so great to hear that uh he he really wants to participate big time memorial day weekend yeah. we, we might even see
0: an american wolves reunion in vegas so yes
1: i'm hoping and the,
0: for- the suavecitos would tear the house down brother
1: <laughs> Oh no! Now that you said it out loud, they're never gonna—they're gonna be like he was serious. Hey, F-A. F.A. yeah. <laughs> oh man! Uh, any final thoughts, Joe? As we uh, wrap up this week?
0: Nah, we're just getting ready. You know, back into the mix. You know, got to sit and watch other people's wrestling. You know, which is always. You know, I'm I'm not big on watching WWE stuff anymore. And right. I know why, you know, and it's like, but there's all, all, all little things you could pick up and ideas and you see things and be like, yeah, you know, why would that worked. Because as many things that they throw against the wall that don't work, you know, there's certain things that they, they do better than anybody.
1: You know, right.
0: I, I think that Roman Reigns' turn and where he's at now has been one of the best things in professional wrestling. You know, over the last couple of years. Now, we all said it years ago, like, just turn this motherfucker heel. But you know what? It's like I do sometimes where people think, oh, should have pulled the trigger. Should have pulled the trigger. And I'm like, yeah, I just don't think they're ready yet. And then when I do do it, you know, because all the young guys, if you pull the trigger three weeks out of training, they think they're ready. So it's like you know, you have to, you have to feel it. it. It's your company and these guys are representing your company and yeah. it's the perception, again, the perception of what people on the outside who are fans and part of the business think, you sure. know? So, you know, and then we use it to our advantage when we say, but look at the legacy of the champions, of future stars of wrestling when you look and at the wall and you see Lacey Ryan trained by us she had training she got to that next level thanks to us Chris Bay impact trained by us from scratch cross trained by us from scratch Sepha trained by us had some with his dad but the majority of his training was with us and you know He wasn't a champion who probably would have been. Carl Fredericks, New Japan, killing it. You know, he was penciled in as a potential uh, heavyweight champion uh, before Chris Bay. So you got Hammerstone. You know, you got L.A. Knight. You got Brian Cage. These were all our champions over the last five years. I won't count Matt Hardy because Matt Hardy was a champion for 15 years beforehand. So we didn't create him. But all those other guys, they never had that comeuppance that they got. You know, Eli Drake, L.A. Knight, became the Impact World Champion. Brian Cage also was uh, an Impact World Champion. So, you know, Cross was the NXT Champion. Bay was the X Division Champion. Lacey was the Tag Team Champion. So that's the legacy of champions. Now you go turn on, oh, shit, there's Toa now. He was the guy. And he'll tell you, Joe Falco was the first guy to uh, put me on a show that had fans. You know, he was working in Rikishi's at Knox Pro. He hit me up. He came down with Juicy for GCW show. And I liked what I saw for a reason. You know, yeah. he was in talks as a potential heavyweight champion. And honestly, he still is. The question is just now working around schedules and, and, and see how how that all is. You know, there, there's so much talent. So, yeah. you know, don't sleep on us, uh, AEW Weekend, because you hear of Revolver and GCW and Black Label Pro uses a lot of the guys we would use, like a Tom Lawler, who's local and who's here. You know, we're, you know, we're talking some big names uh, to use that weekend. Uh, a Jonah, a Jeff Cobb. You know, the Wolves, uh, Ace Austin, you know, Hammerstone is going to be there. So, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, man, you're, you're going to see the best of the best.
1: Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I saw at WrestleMania that I think you guys should incorporate is they use those Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. We got the Raiderettes here. Joe, make it happen. Raiderettes at. Uh, there you go.
0: You better, you better, you can sponsor them. So I'll send you the invoice.
1: Uh, Yeah, I'll, I'll go check it out. They're, uh, they, uh, have their, I noticed, uh, their practice facilities right next door to the Raiders practice facility. There you go. Hey, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get, I think I can afford one.
0: There you go. All we need is one.
1: (laughs) Uh, um, you know, uh, it's been a it's been a fun weekend, uh, but now business picks up for you, and uh, obviously, Future Shock is the uh, the start of the uh, post WrestleMania run for FSW. So. That's right. And Then
0: we got a show April twenty third, and uh, I signed my first uh, signee for the event. Ooh. Ring of Honor star Bateman will be making his return to FSW on April twenty third.
1: Excellent.
0: So I wonder what? if his uh, best, his old best friend, Funny Bone, uh, has anything to say about that.
1: Woo. Mm.
0: So big fan of Bateman.
1: Yes, absolutely. Same here. We first
0: used him in like 2010, was not a big fan of Bateman. <laughs> he has uh, tremendously uh, outperformed what he used to do. He, he really improved his craft. And now he's a top-tier guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, being that he was in uh, SoCal, um, I think that, you know, a bunch of us were aware of him, aware of, uh, you know, his look, uh, his presence. Um, but he, he needed some uh, seasoning. And, man, he's, he's one of those guys that is well-liked. And he's now finding that niche. For the character, and it, it's wonderful to see. So that Who is. Who knows? You know, he forward. might
0: want to bring his buddy Vincent in with him. We'll see.
1: You know, it could very well happen, right? Uh, it but could. that's great to know. Uh, so. Yeah. We'll
0: that's... have more announcements. We got we got big things happening, hopefully, especially for AEW weekend. But you know, we'll see what's going on. Check it out Saturday night, 6 p.m. Future Shock. I gotta go. I gotta go pick up the wife.
1: That sounds good. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys next week.